Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, Creator explains unusual possession and reincarnation cases. Has proof of reincarnation been suppressed? We're going to uh, explore a, a, a partic- one case in particular that um, introduces both possession and reincarnation. It's going to be a very fascinating exploration, Carl. Yes, and I like to cite the work of others from time to time because it adds additional validation of what we're learning from Creator. When scientists elsewhere have been studying something formally as physicians, psychiatrists, what have you, and they see the same phenomena and maybe don't understand exactly what it means, we can shed light on that. But it also gives us additional evidence that we're not just making these things up or imagining. And it's not just people are all mentally ill who see spirit-related phenomena and, and demonstration of spirit activity, that, that kind of thing. So we're, we're going to shed some new light on some work from someone who has been highly respected by the very few who knew about him. Indeed. You asked creator, the late Dr. Ian Stevenson was a medical doctor and psychiatrist who spent much of his adult life and career studying cases of childhood memories and birthmarks suggestive of reincarnation, mostly in India, where such memories are not as quickly dismissed as they are in the Western world. A commentator said, Dr. Stevenson was not upset that critics dismissed his work, but that they did so without ever reading it. A skeptic wrote of Dr. Stevenson that his work is full of errors, flaws, gaps, messes, and difficulties. It does not correspond to the sort of work required in courses on research methods given to third and fourth year college students. And with that broad stroke, the skeptic dismisses a man's life's work amounting to the study of some 2,400 cases of childhood memories. What is Creator's perspective of Dr. Stevens' efforts, and is the late Dr. Stevenson safely in the light? All right, and this is what I channeled from the creator of all that is about Dr. Stevenson. Dr. Stevenson is safely in the light, and for that he is most grateful, and his life work was not only valid, but divinely inspired. He was engaged in a mission life to bring forward truth about the phenomenon of reincarnation in particular, and that is why it became his passion and his life pursuit of greatest importance and overall meaning of benefit for people today to know about and understand. His was an uphill climb, as your description describes. Reincarnation is still considered an oddity or cultural artifact primarily. That is simply subconscious expectation from the cultural beliefs of Eastern religion that one might have a prior history, perhaps as an animal. But this is not taken seriously by scientists or the medical community as fact or even possibility, but rather a kind of folktale only believed in by the gullible and those culturally conditioned to do so 
And that is essentially a bias that has reigned supreme over Dr. Stevenson's work to see it through the lens that is the distortion of the academics who criticize him and not Dr. Stevenson himself. It is cultural bias labeling something it doesn't understand. This cultural bias, ironically enough, is the reason individuals in the West and psychologists and other researchers are probing the mind and things that intersect on the question of genealogy, genetic history, and the possibility of family lineages having some kind of energetic component that is outside the beings themselves. And so what has been toyed with by science through the ages when it comes to Dr. Stevenson's work in seeing that people in India have many stories of people recalling such prior lifetimes, it is simply dismissed as a cultural phenomenon from prior belief within the citizens of that region. And so they're simply making up fantasies based on culturally accepted norms, as it is readily explained as a kind of byproduct of primitive Asian beliefs that would not occur in the West, where there is greater cultural sophistication and people are not conditioned to hold such ideas. And so will not have such fantasies and will not concoct stories accordingly. This is a reverse bias in action because it is the Western scientists who are closed rather than the Indian mind that is too open and gullible. The lack of awareness in the Western thinker creates closed minds and any glimmers, any inner sense of prior awareness or experience are simply discarded and disregarded by the mind itself and rarely related to anyone else simply because it is not part of the Western culture. So it was presumed to be some kind of inner fantasy perhaps a recalled dream sequence, but could have nothing to do with reality. Because people in the West are trained and educated to be dumb about such notions, this is ignorance prizing itself and its own seeming logic that is only a kind of myopic view based on limited knowledge and restricted thinking as a consequence. Oh my God, I so much love Crater's phrase there. Ignorance prizing itself, that is that is priceless. Carl, did, did you ever heard of Dr. Stevenson prior to this uh, questioning? Yes, I have, and it's because of my spiritual awakening and search for all things scientific and medical that relate to spiritual phenomena or the idea of continuation of the being and there's, there's scant research, formal research, on the issue of reincarnation, precisely because it's kind of uh, a non-acceptable area of inquiry. Yes. And, yeah. and we'll learn more about that as we go along. But this is a sign of that phenomenon, that it's being suppressed and, and squelched. Well, I've been studying this topic for decades and decades, and I had never heard of Dr. Stevenson until very recently, so just that, that really speaks a lot. <clears throat> U.S. creator, Dr. Stevenson and a number of assistants studied the case of Miss Uttara Hudar, a 32-year-old Indian woman who, in 1974, suddenly started intermittently displaying an alternate personality named Sharada. Sharada was reputedly a Bengali Hindu housewife who lived sometime between 1810 and 1830 nearly 150 years earlier. 
Uttara did not speak or understand the Bengali language, and Sharada did not speak or understand any of the languages known by Uttara. This case raises many questions we will explore in this episode. The first is that this alternate personality arose as a consequence of the meditation that Uttara was practicing at the time. Can Creator tell us if the meditation indeed opened the door to this possession? Why that happened? and what Uttara could have done in terms of protection had she known of the hazards. All right, and this is what Creator tells us. You are interpreting this quite correctly. It is an example and a quite clear one of spirit possession. It is certainly possible for the mind to fragment, and this is well established by psychologists in describing the peculiar real nature of dissociative identity disorder, formerly known as multiple personality disorder, where more than one personality can be created within an individual and take on differing characteristics and have its own knowledge, including such things as language preferences and even gender. But that was not the case with this Indian woman This was indeed a case of spirit possession, and it was aided and abetted by the woman herself carrying out extensive meditation without setting up any safety procedures to request divine protection against any intrusive energies, particularly other consciousness. There are many lower order beings who are invisible to the eye, but present all around you. And they can invade your energy under the right conditions and take up residence within your energy field. And given the right state of consciousness, may well move into the foreground and take control of the body for a time. Being able to speak or carry out physical activities as well, just as happens with dissociative identity disorder. But in this case, it is not a subcomponent of Uttara's mind being described in the persona of Sharada as the Bengali woman who emerged from within her. It was the spirit of Sharada that was attracted to her energy, and it was the meditation that allowed Sharada to gain a foothold and penetrate her auric field and attach and remain within Uttara's energy henceforth. The spirit indeed had been in limbo and was truly lost. There was enough affinity between the two to provide an attraction of energies, and this ended up saving Sharada with respect to being lost in the dark, at least in giving her a place to reside that was more familiar and even gave voice to her story. This could have been prevented if Uttara had simply prayed to the Almighty for protection from any intrusions and that would have prevented the spirit attachment from taking place. Well, it was kind of a guess when I encountered this uh, particular instance that this would be a case where meditation facilitated a possession. Of course, Creator comes right through and says, yes, that's exactly what happened. So we've talked about, if you're a Get Wisdom follower, you know that we have discussed meditation and <clears throat> in webinars and other settings. And uh, you, got, you need protection. That's what we've learned, Carl. Yes, and this is a premier example of why it's it's not only a good idea, but an imperative because there are many dark spirits out and about. And even the lost soul human spirits 
who aren't necessarily malevolent, malevolent human beings, although they might be or might have been in their most recent life, they're troubled and they're lost and confused. And you don't need that in your energy. No. And certainly not competing with your own mind and consciousness and using no. the body. That's a prescription for trouble. Absolutely. You asked creator, <clears throat> Sharada appeared to be a very religious woman. Yet she was apparently trapped in limbo for nearly 150 years before encountering Utara. Can Creator share with us the circumstances of her death and why she was in limbo for so long? Was any rescue ever offered to her? Is she still in limbo now and in need of rescue? And what of Utara? All right, and this is what Creator tells us. Sharada was religious, but she was also deeply troubled. She had a quite difficult life and lived in very uncertain circumstances with regard to security and emotional support being lacking, was unhappy, and this chronic deficit kept her in a low vibrational state. It also shortened her life and caused her to struggle upon her passing. She, in fact, did not know she was dead and basically tumbled in the dark for many, many years. She was spiritual enough to benefit from her desire for something better. That allowed the divine realm to keep her relatively free from attack by demonic spirits who also inhabit the lower astral realm where earthbound human spirits reside. But that is small comfort when one is basically in a state of oblivion in the nothingness when there is no longer a body and accordingly any way to sense an environment. So there are no incoming stimuli. There is only a vestige of thought needing to be done in a novel fashion because the brain too is gone and one must relearn how to navigate through the intuitive consciousness. That is non-local and quite powerful, but not connected to the usual pathways provided by the brain to make things happen in creating thoughts and in working the body to experience life. So it is a great liability to be in limbo and quite limiting. And this was her fate until she was able to be attached. This created a kind of stimulation within her and it was more the energy of which Utara and her being nurturing in general and being in good alignment that was like a breath of fresh air and raised her vibration, enabling her to begin to regain some of her former faculties so she was able to begin expressing herself and so on. This is more than a curiosity because it is actually a tragedy that Sharada and Utara are still in limbo and still together, but in spirit form, both. And so both are suffering from the arrangement in a state of lack in between planes of existence. Well, I think this is certainly an invitation that uh, is being offered for our Lightworker Healing Protocol listeners to add Sharada and Utara to their protocol lists. And even if they do get assisted into the light, you can you both know from, you all know from listening to this already that these two need a lot of healing help. Yes, so, and it may take a while. It may not be quick to yeah. get them to the light, especially after more than 150 years 
um, of, of being really lost, really, really lost and disconnected. So I will work on these two with yeah. the protocol and, uh, and that may same. get things started. So anyone who wants to join in and add their energy to the task, we welcome that always because group work is, is particularly powerful in terms of speeding things up. And, and these two are, by, by dint of their situation, are offering us a learning opportunity. So, Yeah, uh, they're, they're, everything contributes to everything else. And we're really here to learn about all this dark stuff. So <laughs> we can do better in avoiding it and in re- reckoning and dealing with it effectively if it should come up. So th- this is an object lesson. And what can happen when you start down a dark path through getting some sort of contamination of your thinking and a kind of inner corruption started on a low level that can grow. And, and look at this poor woman. You know, she didn't make it back to heaven. No. And she's she still just... trapped with this intruder who came along and attached to her, this charada from, from 150 years ago. Yes. And from what I read of the, situ- of the things that came through, it didn't appear that Sharada was an evil woman when she was alive. She was troubled, deeply troubled. But that's the slippery slope, you know, um, and you've got to be very careful about that. Be sure to check us out at GetWisdom.com. We talk about the Lightwork Healing Protocol, and we advocate it that you learn it as well if you can. Get the ebook GetWisdom.com slash LHP and learn all about it. Also, check out our healing services at GetWisdom.com. Go to, the, go to our homepage, GetWisdom.com. There's a healing tab on the menu bar. And you can learn about our practitioners. You can hire healing services. You can learn about healing yourself. There's a, a lot ahead for you, and you just need to take the first step. We'll be back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at GetWisdom.com. That's contact at GetWisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We're looking at what Crater says about an unusual possession and reincarnation case studied by Dr. Ian Stevenson. And uh, it's turning out to be uh, quite an interesting exploration. Uh, what, real quick on Dr. Stevenson, 
you know, he, creator said in an earlier answer that uh, Dr. Stevenson had a mission life. This was a mission life for him. And to underscore that, I uh, just wanted to share that, you know, back in Dr. Stevenson really was just beginning his studies of these areas. He had a uh, benefactor who died early, but left him $3 million to use for reincarnation research. And this was like, think back in the 30s or 40s, when $3, $3 million wow. would be like $30 million. <laughs> so because of that, he was able to travel all over the world and never have to worry about hotel bills or, or airline tickets. <clears throat> you know, it was, it was all covered. So that really underscores the mission life. It's like, well, here's $30 billion for you, Dr. Stevenson. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a beautiful story. And it's an example of creator's handiwork. I would bet money on it that this, yeah. this was orchestrated by the divine realm for that impulse, that, that notion. Let's help this guy out. He's on to something. Let's, let's ease his path. And this is worth me giving some money to. And, and this, that's how it happens. And yeah. the person never really knows for sure if that's just their own kind of notion or personal folly, maybe, or just a hobby kind of uh, recreation for them, and, or whether they're actually answering the call. So yeah. it, it's, this, this, is, uh, this is wonderful from first to last and what it was about and what it was wanting to do to bring the reality of these phenomena forward. It's so important in understanding the, the dynamics of life that we're reincarnated. And we have a long, long, long history. And the good news is, is that the work continues because Dr. Ian Stevenson had a couple of protégés who are still investigating cases today. Dr. Jim Tucker is a particularly prominent one. And I, I believe the money was well invested and there's still an endowment. And so there's still money for airline tickets when Dr. Tucker ever wants to go check out a case. So it's pretty, pretty nice. Pretty good to know. Yes. You asked creator, another detail that emerged was that Sharada was extremely attracted to a young man who she claimed was her husband in that previous life 150 years earlier. While she apparently languished in limbo all that time, he, on the other hand, returned to the light and reincarnated successfully. Somehow, she was able to locate him reborn in a neighboring Indian state and appeared to have made a concerted effort to take over another woman's body, Uttara, in order to be with him. Interestingly, he showed absolutely no interest in her. Can Creator tell us if all this is true, the karmic consequences for Sharada in trying to steal another woman's life for herself, and also why her earlier husband showed no interest? All right, and this is what Creator tells us. Here again are details and dynamics that are accurately described and recorded that Sharada recognized the link to her former husband and was wanting to reclaim him. After all, being in limbo for so long and having such a usually restricted life, from the time of her passing, she was in a state of depletion, in a degree of loss and despair that is unfathomable for someone who has not gone through such an ordeal. The problem for her was she was only a spirit, not a full human being. She was sharing the human being of Utara as a kind of platform, but she herself was more like a parasite, simply hanging on. And though she was able to step forward and put her consciousness on display and describe being in her existence and taking steps to try to persuade others of the reality of her story and persuade them to favor her, it was simply words, not truly a deep soul connection, because that was weak and being masked 
by Uttara's greater soul energy and being the true owner of the body, so to speak. So the former husband was hearing the words of his former wife in spirit form, but did not see her in looking at Uttara and looking in her eyes, but rather seeing Uttara's soul, with which he had no prior interaction or particular interest. So the relationship was a non-starter because as a discarnate spirit, Sharada was in no condition to be a valuable life partner for anyone other than as a stand-in that was more like an imposter, not to mention the difficulty posed by her story being so hard to believe, even by someone from the Indian culture claiming to be a former spouse. The high strangeness would be a natural barrier to gaining closeness and trust, especially when it does not feel right intuitively. Not everyone has the gifts to make the connections and perceive the linkages to understand something like this taking place, even when they themselves are involved. Most people have no recollection of prior lifetimes they have had. So someone coming to them with the story of spending a life with them previously simply will not resonate to begin with. So that is a tough thing to persuade others to believe when the heart is not being awakened through a greater inner knowing of the deeper truth. And you know, we know we've known that uh, you know you plan your next incarnations, right? You get to pick your parents. Uh, many times, you even pick your spouse ahead of time. So she's coming in, basically co-opting the body without an invitation. Well, actually, kind of an invitation. The meditation was kind of an invitation, unfortunately, but not the one that was really intended. And so she's an interloper, and there's no plan there. So I would think that you know even the higher self of the young man was probably saying, "Nah, you, you know." <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you're, you're on to the, uh, the extra dimension here, that this spirit, having been out in the darkness for so long, did fall prey to manipulation by dark demonic spirits. And, and so she had that growing corruption within her as a spirit. And people can sense that at times about a person. There's something off about their energy and it might be they're harboring dark spirits. Yes. So this is something we're not taught about, yes. but our intuition is our own antenna and it's kind of an instinctive thing. And it's based on the, the roots of our deep heritage of the consciousness that is our own identity that comes in each time to reincarnate. We're going to explore a little bit more of the manipulation here in the next question. Given Sharara's aggressive commandeering of Uttara's body and life, which she ended up reportedly sharing for a number of years, would Creator categorize her as a hybrid spirit, one who may have been aligning herself willingly or unwittingly with the dark spirit interlopers? Were the interlopers indeed coaching and assisting her? Is this also a reason she remained in limbo for so long? Or was she simply a lost soul spirit taking up residence in Uttara's energy to escape persecution and Uttara's meditation and karmic vulnerability created an opportunity for spirit possession the vast majority of the population are spared from? All right, and Creator says, here again, you are seeing a deeper truth about the dynamics in play. Having been in limbo for so long, the spirit of Sharada was gradually corrupted and persuaded to serve the spirit meddlers, 
the demonic fallen angelic spirits who wish to target the living because they must possess people in order to survive. And their game is to ramp up their host's energy to make them unhappy most frequently because the negative energy and emotion it stirs up will serve the spirit meddlers as a source of energy for themselves. They will siphon off and use to survive. They will corrupt lost soul human spirits to serve them because even lost soul spirits are given life support, a life force energy from the divine because they are soul-based beings and have that privilege of divine support no matter where they are, in what form. So a human lost soul spirit that begins to cooperate directly and willingly with the interloping spirit meddlers is indeed a hybrid because it becomes a darkened soul in the process and cannot be trusted to be either fully truthful or safe to be around because such spirits will often manipulate their host to cause problems and thus are a serious liability many times. This also does explain why she was in limbo for such a long period of time, more than a century. When people become so downtrodden as a spirit that they turn to evil perspectives, they are simply not a match for the divine, will not see the divine like callers coming to offer assistance again and again, and thus can become lost for all practical purposes indefinitely. Ooh, that, that word indefinitely is uh, kind of disturbing, <laughs> to say the least. But uh, it, that's definitely a hazard here. We can see that for sure. Well, I've talked to spirits that have been in limbo for hundreds of years. So this, this is something that um, is very creepy and something people don't want to hear. It's marginally better than being in an imaginary place like hell where you're tortured with fire and brimstone, which does not exist, by the way. The closest is being in a kind of purgatory-like environment, the lower astral, where you're cut off from everything. But there's malevolent energy and consciousness that will attack you. And you have limited resources in that kind of setting because you, you don't know where you are. You have no wherewithal other than your intuitive conscious awareness. And most people have a very diminished intuitive awareness during life. And when they pass, they're not ready to fully restore their light being awareness level. That takes time and being raised in vibration and all that. So, so you're helpless and you're weak. And well, you can be easily corrupted. Yeah, you know, that's that's just it. It's doubly tragic because not only is is she suffering in a very you know undesirable situation, but she becomes a hazard to the living in this condition. And uh, then we all have to look out for that. So there needs to be healing people. We need as many people doing the LHP as we can possibly get. So uh, your help would be most appreciated in this regard. You ask creator. When Sharada occupied the body, she could only converse in Bengali. When Uttara occupied, she had no knowledge of Bengali whatsoever. There was very little in the way of mixing of the two personalities, and neither had access to each other's long-term memories, especially in regards to language. Yet, there was some awareness of the other, and some short-term memories that appeared to be brain imprints, enabling some limited memory sharing. What does this tell us about the anatomy of consciousness, 
and the role of the brain in enabling consciousness to interface with the body. It seems the seat of language memory is indeed not stored in the brain. What can Creator tell us? All right, and Creator says, this is the correct perspective. There is a language processing center within the brain, but that is not a, a storage repository, but simply what is labeled as a function to bring about language use because of the neuroanatomical association from lost speech when that area is damaged. But that brings one back to the analogy of the brain being more like a television set that displays sounds and pictures and much content, all of which is coming from outside itself in another form that is simply transduced and displayed. And this makes it externally visible. In that regard, the television set is a sophisticated transducer of energy from one form to another and nothing more. The same is true of the brain. It is consciousness that truly does the work. It uses the brain as a platform to organize information and interface with bodily functions of all kinds, and that indeed is an elegant orchestration and quite complex. But the bulk of consciousness does not reside within the brain to begin with but interacts with it and impinges information that is actionable on the brain apparatus, somewhat like electricity making machine parts move. But this is more than just energy we speak of. It is the energy of information in what consciousness consists of and performs in representing a soul-based being and activating the physical body as a kind of container. The awareness that was shared was done largely through what is called cellular consciousness, the learning of cells, including cells within the brain. There is consciousness throughout the body in various forms with various purposes. So indeed, when you speak, what you speak of as a brain imprint is a local imprinting of consciousness as a kind of memory within the cells of the brain. And this gives the crude representation of memory of something have an impact that might need to be referenced. And so is leaving its imprint on the body for a quick reference. There are many bodily functions that are facilitated through cellular consciousness. Things like repetitive tasks, athletic performance, playing a musical instrument and other activities relying on muscle memory. The mind is no exception and given its quite large array of functions and types of information that impinge on it, there is a correspondingly greater sophistication of cellular consciousness in memory that creates an extensive reference bank of knowledge and associations. This is a great practical benefit because it provides a quick take on something so a person can act very, very quickly in a situation that triggers something within cellular memory of the brain so a response can be launched immediately. I think there's some pretty uh, interesting insights here that maybe future scientists, uh, hopefully not in the too distant future, will really stand up and take a notice of, Carl. Well, listen, we, we could inform science about every field of intellectual pursuit in a much deeper way than science can do on its own. This has been true throughout history because the tools are always crude. Yeah. And the, the actual reality is so vast and intricate and far beyond our ability to probe it yeah. with physical means. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, in reading the book uh, that brought this attention 
this case to my attention, I should say, um, I learned that there's a couple of um, people that have been discovered that were fully functional, could speak, talk, walk, do the whole business, but when they died, it was found that their brain didn't exist. Basically, their skull had brain cells strewn throughout the attached to the skull itself, and then the rest of the of the volume was filled with spinal fluid. Yes, I, I am aware of the same phenomenon. I have I have the pictures to prove it. It's yeah. really quite amazing, <laughs> you know, looking at someone's head that's empty except for just a thin layer around the interior of the skull. Yeah. And this completely confounds neurophysiology, neuroanatomy, and all of the assumptions by the psychologists that certain brain areas are for this and certain for that. And and it's all very mysterious, but it's all in that tissue. And and this this completely puts the lie to that notion because it, it's not possible to do everything with just a small remnant of brain tissue like that. Uh, so the, this supports the idea that most of what goes on is external to the brain. It's out yes. there in the energy of the ether as an, a consciousness field of energy. Indeed. Uh, again, check us out, getwisdom.com. Uh, get our 10, uh, principles for, <laughs> 10 principles for divine living. Uh, you can get that at getwisdom.com slash 10, T-E-N, getwisdom.com slash 10, T-E-N. And uh, just check out our getwisdom.com uh, divine wisdom database, getwisdom.com slash DB, where there's, I don't know, what, six, seven thousand, eight thousand questions? Now I've lost track. Uh, <laughs> it's over just, six. Yes. Over six, yeah, and growing, so... Uh, be sure to check that out as well. We'll be back with more Get Wisdom right after this. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get Wisdom. We're looking at what Crater says about an unusual possession and reincarnation case. <clears throat> and uh, Crater, it turns out, has a lot to say about this case, Carl. Well, both phenomena are extremely important in understanding life and our culture. And many of the things that go wrong, spirits are the cause 
of severe mental illness, not just the factor, there are, they are the cause of the psychotic disorders in particular. And they, they confound many other things and they can be a source of depression and chronic anxiety as well, very high percentage. So that's a huge influence. And then reincarnation is the past history of many lives of traumatic events that pile on because they've never gotten healed. So each yes. new life gets harder. And when are we going to learn that and go to work fixing it? That's what we're here for with Get Wisdom. So this is all supporting evidence of reincarnation and spirit phenomena. And we'll take it because anything that supports what we do can help. Well, you know, I, I've been doing some research trying to bring science into the mix and, and show help show people that, hey, you know, people say this is not scientific. That's BS. <laughs> It is science. There's science out there, good hard science on this phenomena. You just have to know where to look for it. And that's what we're trying to bring to people's attention with this. You ask Creator, can Creator share with us why this kind of dramatic sharing of a body by two separate souls is so rare? Or is it? Could it be that it's more common than we think, but not recognized for what it truly is, and the signs are overlooked or ignored? All right, and Creator says... This indeed is more common than one would think because it is little recognized by psychologists or physicians. Any hints of such phenomena as spirit possession are assumed to be either a temporary aberration of fantasy or a dissociative state of temporary imbalance where a person is not quite themselves, but in an altered state of consciousness that might be subsumed later. So the person will not be acting like themselves in the moment, but is that considered as evidence they turned into someone else or that something, someone else has suddenly shown up within their physical form to take over? The host will often not appreciate what is going on either. Many, many people have a voice in their head they do not understand and many fear they might indeed be mentally ill which is usually a, diagnos a diagnosis given in such cases, that someone is suffering from psychosis, a delusional disorder of some sort that makes them uncertain who they are for a time, and to take on another persona as a defense mechanism to help them cope, perhaps with intolerable inner confusion and stress, and, and so on. Most people, most people have spirits within them that can be induced using hypnosis to talk with the subconscious mind, to step forward and speak through their host. That is a garden variety phenomenon that can be demonstrated by any competent hypnotist with suitable training. The ease with which this can be done and the frequency in which it can be demonstrated successfully speaks to the commonness of spirit possession as a phenomenon. Fully 90% of people have dark spirit meddler attachments, and there are many with a lost soul human spirit as well, or a hybrid of the two types, inhabiting a person who will most commonly be completely unaware there is another consciousness or multiple sources of consciousness within their energy. But there will be consequences nonetheless, because most of the interaction and conversations and manipulations from the interloping consciousness will take place in the deep recesses of the mind, which you have discovered and call the deep subconscious. 
And this can be quite disturbing and have long-term repercussions for happiness and well-being as a constant potential threat. Well, 90% of people having dark spirit medullary attachments is a shocking number. Uh, but it, it begs the question, what is it about the 10% that they don't have it? And so I think what we've learned so far is that either A, they have adequate spiritual protection because either themselves or somebody is praying for them, or they've been recipients of the Lightworker Healing Protocol, or these are people that are very calm, you know, in disposition, and they're not ruffled easily. And therefore, therefore, they're not generating the kind of negative energy that these dark spirits need to survive. Well, this is, uh, this is a, a big issue and a big factor in what takes place. These are uh, difficulties that can befall anyone given a low moment. And even the spiritual can get attacked and harbor spirits. And usually what I see is that those who are spiritual and in alignment are not seeing symptoms of it. And that is the differentiation. Not that they can't get them, but they're relatively resilient and impervious to manipulation. So they may hang out and draw energy away and take a little bit of uh, oomph out of their day, but not to the extent they change things and make them miserable or cause a physical or mental problem. Well, there's answers to these problems, people. It's called Lightwork Healing, Lightwork Healing Protocol. And uh, getting rid of the spirit meddlers is something that we do every time the protocol is done. So be sure to check that out. You asked creator, Carl. Information on the Tyrus case came from an 18-page summary journal article. Dr. Stevenson wrote two books on xenoglossy cases where people could speak a language never learned or understood, which one would assume would be the most fascinating cases of all the study. Yet, these books are out of print, and the cheapest used copy is over $70, and there's no Kindle ebook version. Dr. Stevenson's massive compilation of 1,240 cases, a two-volume set that probably stacks seven inches high, is out of print and unavailable even in the used market. It is simply flabbergasting that such compelling evidence would have virtually no audience or interest. What is Creator's perspective? All right, Creator says... This is no accident or simply evidence of the fact he might be working ahead of his time. So there would be such a small audience and simply no enthusiasm for the subject matter, and it died a natural death from disinterest. This was orchestrated to happen, that his information would be actively suppressed, commandeered, rounded up, eliminated, removed from repositories and book collections, and in effect, taken off the market to the extent feasible to ensure that interest would die out simply through a lack of continued presence, where it would be encountered by new generations of thinkers with more insight and new perspectives who might be more open and see the connecting threads as you are doing. This, of course, is quite a loss for human knowledge and progress, but so typical of the pioneer who, despite having had a breakthrough innovative approach that uncovers a load of critical and compelling proof of something novel and of tremendous potential relevance, nonetheless fades from the scene in obscurity, and after a while, no one will remember them and, what, and that they were alive. This is deliberate and contrived to happen again and again and again in all fields of human study. As a result, all of your world is hindered in every field of importance. 
for human welfare, there is a huge gap between what is known and what is understood and accepted from the platform of existing knowledge and what could have been by this time an unfettered world of discovery and free thinking as the order of the day. Well, that certainly makes sense to me that this is the result of a manipulation because to me, it's some of the most fascinating reading there is. I mean, I, I, I'm riveted, edge of my seat, going over this stuff. And it's like, to think that nobody else in the world is interested, that just made no sense to me. One more for Creator here. You ask Creator, can Creator share with us how empowered prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol can protect us from spirit intrusions such as the one Utara experienced? And how both prayer and the LHP can help ignite genuine interest in the evidence of a spiritual reality that is not in short supply at all. And let me emphasize that. There's no shortage of evidence, Carl. Yes, it's, a, it's abundant. It's just people don't know how to interpret the data. All right, Creator says, as a human being, you are immersed in a sea of ignorance, not only personally, but collectively. This is not your fault. No matter how educated you might be, how perceptive or even how intuitive, you are handicapped again and again by many constraints both within your being from genetic manipulation to limit your functionality and externally in what is allowed to be exchanged and shared and developed as a pursuit, let alone a formal career or field of study. Everything is managed to be what it is and constrained to keep it that way. So change comes slowly, if at all. Most of change is simply finding new blind alleys to explore to no useful end. That is a poor reward for many generations of researchers and wasted human capital. What is needed to change things is healing. This needs to be prayed for and it needs to be requested as powerfully and effectively as you can. That is what empowered prayer and the Lightworker Healing Protocol are designed to do, to return the power to you as a human being so that you know explicitly how to go about getting divine help to bridge the gap between what you are taught by your culture and what it is you truly need to know in order to advance. There is much that needs to be done to make yours a safe world. You are hanging on the edge of a cliff by your fingernails at this point, but have been manipulated to be complacent and simply assume that life is the school of hard knocks and there's not much you can do but grin and bear it or cope in some way to get through it. That healing can be highly effective when requested with belief and commitment to seek the truth. There are serious obstacles in the way of your learning and growth. The same forces that keep things constrained and have throughout the history of humanity are tired of their role as overseers, working from behind the scenes as puppet masters. They are bored and would like to leave. The problem is they do not want to simply leave you alone but want to end your lives to deny you that pleasure of not being under their thumb directly. Even though much suffering would continue from all they've done heretofore to limit you and drag you down and creating a huge karmic backlog of trauma from which you need to recover. What is needed is for humanity to request divine help to encourage the interlopers to withdraw without ending humanity is a vital act of savagery. All of these difficulties are healable, but you cannot stop the powerful extraterrestrial alliance and their dark spirit collaborators on your own. Only the divine can truly do this. 
And we can only do it when we have enough human beings requesting this to be done. There needs to be a tipping point of human free will, wanting things to change and knowing enough about what is wrong and what can be done to help to make an intelligent and meaningful and effective request for divine assistance that will bring in the very changes needed. The knowledge and wisdom is available through the empowered prayers and lightworker healing protocol. We have assisted your channel to bring forward and share with his fellow humans. Your responsibility is to save your soul and to save others especially the interlopers whose depravity is your problem, but whose healing is your salvation. The divine solution is to raise them up first, and that will save you in the bargain. It is a karmic test and a measure of your divinity and whether you can accept such a challenge under these conditions to bring this about. You are greatly needed for the task, and we are waiting to see what you choose. Well, Creator says that there does need to be belief. And part of the desire to do this episode was to help bring our listeners evidence, scientific evidence, Carl, that this is not just nonsense, that there's actually real phenomena here to help bolster belief, to help foster belief. That, that what you're believing in is actually real and not just your imagination. Well, and I tell you, where the rubber meets the road is healing. Yes. That is what enlightenment means. It means healing your way back to divine alignment with the light, being enlightened once again after being corrupted and taken away from that alignment. When well, we, we work to- with people to heal their karma, Physical problems go away. You can't ask for better proof than that. But that's anecdotal evidence. So it's nice to have more generic approaches that provide a connecting of the dots. And so that's why we're doing what we're doing. But we can tell you, this is just kind of an academic exercise, actually. But there's deeper uh, gains that can be made from putting this practical knowledge to good use. And that is yes. with healing requests. Take out spirits, send them to the light with healing so they get back successfully and then heal the wounding they've done. Yeah, we, we put a spotlight on that today with somebody who became a true interloper and needs healing in order to up, be uplifted as, along with her victim. So this is a critically important stuff. Sign up today, getwisdom.com, uh, Get the ebook, getwisdom.com slash LHP, getwisdom.com slash LHP. Uh, that's all we have for this week. Thanks, everybody. Be well. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week. 